From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. Moab Regional Hospital staff are mourning the death of their director of nursing. Annie Ralph was killed Tuesday night in a head-on collision on Highway 191 near Stocks Drive. According to a statement from the Utah Department of Transportation, Ralph was driving a car south on Highway 191 with a juvenile passenger around 8 p.m. on Tuesday. A male driver of a northbound car crossed the center line and impacted her vehicle. Ralph died due to injuries from the crash. Her juvenile passenger was transported to a hospital with critical injuries, as was the male driver of the northbound car. In a statement, Moab Regional Hospital says Ralph served in the emergency and nursing departments with, quote, love and dedication for nearly 16 years. They say her legacy is one of, quote, selfless service, touching countless lives with her compassion and kindness. They remember her as a nurturer and healer to everyone she encountered. And they say her memory will continue to inspire them to emulate her generosity and dedication to helping others. On Tuesday night, the highway near Stocks Drive was closed for about three hours during the crash investigation. Utah Governor Spencer Cox has toured the state with a message to disagree better. Cox spoke on the subject at Utah State University in Logan Monday night. Protesters demonstrated outside, saying that recent bills the governor has signed into law betray his much-touted concept. Anna Johnson, with our partners at Utah Public Radio, reports. Governor Cox spoke with Irshad Manji, the founder of the Moral Courage Project, as part of a new lecture series. Manji says when an issue becomes polarized, people stop talking to each other and start trying to save face instead. Even if you think you're doing your issue or your cause a favor by, you know, staking your claim and sticking to it, chances are you're only making the so-called other side more defensive and more dogmatic. Cox says we run into issues because we refuse to engage with people we disagree with and we try and stop them from expressing their views. You never change anybody's mind by attacking them. We can't solve problems if we hate each other. During the forum, a group of about 100 protesters gathered outside. One organizer, USU junior Sophie Christensen, says she's disappointed that the governor signed two bills, one that bans diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, and another restricting bathroom access according to sex assigned at birth. He says a lot of things about listening to the other side and 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 whatnot, but like we tried to reach out to our legislators. We tried to reach out to Governor Cox, and he still signed these bills into law. If he would follow what he was saying in there, I would be so happy. The organizers say the protesters was not meant to disrupt the event. Instead, it was to show their disapproval of these laws. During the forum, Cox said places like college campuses, as places to seek knowledge, are meant to bring people together and engage with new ideas. I'm Anna Johnson. The controversial Uinta Basin Railway project facing cross-country opposition has been derailed once again by a recent federal decision. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KDNK's Amy Haddon-Marsh reports on what's next. We're happy that we won this battle in court, but the war continues. That's Ted Zukoski, attorney for the Center for Biological Diversity. The fight he's talking about is against the proposed Uinta Basin Railway, or UBR, which would have hauled Uinta Basin crude oil to load out facilities in Utah to ship through Colorado 
to Gulf Coast refineries. The center, Eagle County, the city of Glenwood Springs, and other counties and municipalities in Colorado won a 2022 lawsuit last August contesting the initial approval of the UBR by the Federal Surface Transportation Board and the accompanying U.S. Fish and Wildlife Biological Opinion. A federal appeals court judge ruled against an appeal in December of last year, which meant that the board's approval and the biological opinion have officially been vacated. Utah's Ashley National Forest in July 2023 approved a right-of-way for a portion of the proposed railway through a roadless area. But earlier this month, the Forest Service withdrew the permit. It's pretty much just a recognition by the Forest Service that when they made a decision that relied upon an environmental impact statement and the biological opinion, that, you know, if they rely on those documents, they can't anymore because those documents have been vacated. In an emailed statement to KDNK, Don Jock, the acting public affairs officer for the Ashley National Forest, said, quote, due to the Surface Transportation Board's environmental impact statement and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's biological opinion being vacated by the court and the Forest Service reliance on these analyses, our record of decision to grant the right-of-way was withdrawn, end quote. He added that the Surface Transportation Board will work directly with project proponents to determine the next steps and that the Ashley National Forest will continue to consider right-of-way requests in the future. UBR proponents and opponents have been waiting for the Forest Service decision for months. Conservation groups Colorado Rising and 350 Roaring Fork have held protests in Glenwood Springs over the past two years, including a flotilla on the Colorado River last summer. Kate Bave is an organizer for Colorado Rising. Just because we see that one step gets denied doesn't mean that the fight is over. As much as this is a win, it's still important to stay vigilant and say, we do not want this ever. So we will continue to keep fighting as long as we see that they keep trying to push this the fight isn't over. Three transloading facilities in the Price Helper area are looking at expansions in order to handle more crude oil coming from the Uinta Basin. The waxy crude is currently transported by truck, which was one of the reasons behind creating a railway to get the crude out of the basin. Trucking the crude north to Salt Lake City or west to the transloading facilities takes longer and uses narrow state highways, which can be hazardous. Producers want to increase the volume coming out of the Uinta Basin to 100,000 barrels a day, which, according to the Natural Resources Defense Council, means tripling the amount of tanker trucks on Utah roads. It's a dramatic increase. It is evidence that they're, you know, they're moving on to Plan B and uh, that they are desperately trying to get more oil out of the basin and into the markets away from Salt Lake, which is the only place they can get them to now. But Salt Lake City refineries are capped at around 83,000 barrels per day of Uinta Basin crude due to air quality concerns. So if they want to increase the amount of oil they're pumping, they got to figure out another way to get it to market, which is why they need Uinta Basin Railway, which is why they need these loadouts. All that will require uh, approval by the Utah Division of Air Quality with some oversight from the federal EPA. The Wildcat loadout facility is undergoing an analysis by the Bureau of Land Management, but it's not certain how extensive that analysis will be. 
Environmental groups and elected officials have written letters to the BLM urging the agency to conduct a full analysis for the project. I'm Amy Haddon Marsh. That story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. Four Generations, a 48-acre property near Kalab Terrace Road in Zion National Park, was privately owned by the Lowe family. But as David Condos with our partners at KUER reports, it's now going to be protected from development. For the Lowe's, the land was a place to rest their cattle while moving between grazing grounds. But in recent years, they've driven their herd with trucks and trailers instead. So they decided to sell it. But Lauren Lowe says they didn't want to see the land change too much. I think the only reason why someone privately would own it would to be either build on it or develop it. And I think it's too beautiful to let that happen. So they sold it to the National Conservation Group Trust for Public Land, who then transferred it to the Park Service. Regional Vice President Jim Peterson says projects like this preserve quiet solitude, especially in less developed areas. And that's why you don't want to see houses popping up in the backcountry inside national parks, because you want to give people that chance to get away from the roads, get away from our devices, and just get immersed in the outdoors. He says roughly 3,000 acres within Zion remain privately owned. So the group still has more work to do. I'm David Condos in St. George. You've been listening to KZMU News, grassroots community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.